All right, so it's episode number 49 of The Space in Between, and this is our year anniversary of The Space in Between. So in a moment, we will be sitting with Jessica, who was sitting with me about a year ago when we recorded our very first podcast. So we're going to catch up with her and talk about what has happened, what has transpired in the past year in her personal world, my life, and in the world of Nomad. Uh, But yeah, we have some really exciting things happening this weekend, this Friday, Move Into Breath. So my offering of Movement 109 and Erica Forcell, who has been on here before a couple times, her breath work, we will be uh, collaborating yet again for Move Into Breath uh, this Friday at the new studio Wild Oak yoga and bar studio in Poughkeepsie. So if you're in the Hudson Valley area and curious about joining some movement and breath with us, register over at Wild Oaks um, uh, Wild Oaks website. I'll have it in the show notes. And uh, yeah, and then Saturday and Sunday will be Jessica, who will be on here in a moment. And Amy and I, we, another tribe and nomad teacher, will be leading our tribe weekend training. So we teach resilience, increase balance, and endurance for offering the tools of yoga to active duty military. Uh, so if you are involved in this community or you want to be involved with this community and offer the tools of yoga, this is the weekend training for you. We still have a couple spots open, so you can find out more at the Nomad website and also have the link in the show notes as well. And we're about to wrap up in the next week or so my first Movement 109 online course. It's a self-inquiry, self-care online course. And we're it's a six-week course. We're at week five now. And if you're listening and are a part of that, you know all about it. But if you are not in our course and you want to be, we don't worry. We are starting it again November 25th. And you can go ahead and sign up. Um, you can go sign up over at the Nomad website to, um, to save your spot. So we're going to keep it to a small group and we want you there so you can go and save your spot now. And we also have Bali coming up in March 2020. So we'll be doing some movement, some breath, some yoga, some checking out the culture in Bali and all the beautiful things that they have to offer. So for that, again, you can go over to Nomad's website. And now let's go see what Jess is talking about. All right, so we are here at uh, at our first year anniversary of the podcast, The Space in Between, and I'm here with Jessica. Hi. Hello, and we are, um, yeah, we figured, you know, you were with me the very first podcast and have been on this nomadic journey this past year <laughs> in various ways. Mm. And so I thought it would be nice to have us do a little check-in and share what what we've learned this past year, what we've experienced, specifically you, because they've been hearing from me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'll share a little as we go. But yeah, so... And we're doing another interview on a bed <laughs> with dogs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you might hear some dogs rustling about. It's the quietest spot in the house. So 
Yeah. So what's been going on, Jess? Wow. <laughs> Let's maybe say where you were this time last year. Yeah, I was thinking that. So this time last year, we were getting ready to begin. No, we were we were in the 300 hour. Yeah, you were in the midst of your 300 hour training. We had recently gotten back from Belize. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, I feel I need to say this. Uh, it, it's really hard for me to travel. Coming back from that mm-hmm. was really challenging. It's like the, the actual traveling. So the space in between <laughs> point A and point B is really a lot for me. It was a lot for me when I came back from that, but, uh, yeah, I was in the, um, you had a lot going on cause you were still in school too mm-hmm. and you were doing the 300 hour mm-hmm. and we had this great experience and then you came home and you kind of were dealing with some personal stuff mm-hmm. with, um, and yeah, yeah. shortly, uh, the last weekend in October, uh, unfortunately a friend of mine had, taken his wife's life and his own. Um, and that, uh, shook, you know, the entire town, even you knew yeah. people and a friend of ours, Erica Forcell, that was yeah. on here, uh, acupuncturist. She even knew people. Um, and yeah, that was extremely disturbing. Um, yeah. And something that I know many people, you know, are, still working through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, absolutely a lot. Um, and we were building, um, working towards a building tribe. Yes. So now tribe is a thing. Tribe is a thing. It's, uh, yeah, you guys have heard about it on the podcast. We're officially a nonprofit. We have t-shirts. Um, we have t-shirts. I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really official. Yeah, it's official. Um, and, uh, geez, what else? Let's see. Oh, I got a grant through the VA uh, yeah. to uh, teach yoga, uh, which I wrote that grant. That was really exciting and, uh, like, developed this 12-week series that I don't even think I've actually shared with you, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's on our shared drive somewhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, I kept going through school. Um, I'm in another program now, an exercise science and kinesiology program, um, and just teaching a lot of yin yoga, which I kind of fell in love with uh, during the 300-hour. Uh, inadvertently, I guess, it became just what I needed because mm-hmm. I was constantly moving. That's probably part of what that travel is. Like it's the constant moving and my body's like, okay, let's kind of be still. Yeah. Be here. Um, and the last six months of my journey, <laughs> my life's uh, kind of uh, blown up in order to um, make way for a new, a new life, a new journey. Um, I'm in the midst of a divorce. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that came very abruptly, um, and was, it's still shocking. I mean, I'm still going through the grieving process. And as you and I have spoken about, I guess I'll continue to do that. (laughs) Yep. Here I am almost seven years out and I'm still shedding some layers. So I know. And so that people know how long were you together? 
Yeah, we were together 10 years, okay. uh, married for two years. Our, um, so, uh, you know, I, I see now the, the, what was happening in our marriage. Um, and I really did a lot of work those first like four months of like really looking at it because I wanted to stay um, mm. because I really, truly thought that there was just so much love between us and so much um, friendship and uh, just strength there. Um, but looking back on it, you know, it, it takes two. And I see that I just changed so much over the last three plus years. Um, and it's even noticeable in listening to the first podcast that, um, yeah, the, or the, the one that we recorded uh uh, specifically about me seeing just the, the, the growth and unfortunately he didn't uh, grow he you know that just isn't his journey but maybe yeah. his journey was to be exactly what he is now so that I could yeah. continue to grow um, but uh, yeah it's uh, I'm not sure there was a point that I was trying to, there was a point that I was trying to make there. Um, well, just how things have shifted for you so much. So, you know, while mm -hmm. you were still in the marriage, um, you said over the past three years, you know, because mm -hmm. of what you've shared before, I think probably being sober was mm -hmm. that, yeah. that beginning of that journey for you and then finding yoga on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you were basically going through this new journey, mm -hmm. hoping that he would come along in some way. Mm -hmm. And he was supportive to a certain extent mm -hmm. within your marriage. Yeah. Um, but then it got, sounds like it got to a point where the paths had to split. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much uh, just, you know, um, pretty much all the the limiting patterns and poor decision-making that I had when I was an active alcoholic uh, is something that he struggles with and was something that he was struggling with. And it continued to progress as I was getting better. He was um, just, you know, getting worse. And whether that was um, his, you know, it's definitely his own journey, but um I just, I didn't, I didn't quite see it. Maybe I was in a little denial about mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, I really did want things to work out. I really wanted us to try to repair. I didn't know after some of the things that had, some of the things that I had found out um, in April, uh, behaviors that <clears throat> he had uh, been in, you know, been taking a part of. Uh, I didn't know if I could or not, but I thought that I owed it to like what we had created. And this is my second divorce. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, you know, there's a layer of um, like what the F there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm navigating through that. And I really think that like that it's a societal um, norm of like what marriage is and then what the termination of marriage means for a person too. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't believe that. So when that creeps up in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a belief that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just something that I like something, uh, somebody else or exactly. society put on you. Yeah. Exactly. So when that does come up for me, it's, uh, 
you know, it's been nice to say, Hey, that's, that's an old thing, but, um, lots of rejection and, um, you know, feeling not good enough have come up. Anger of course, um, came up and, you know, it's all basically stemming from fear, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these old patterns creep up and, you know, like, um, going to men to look to, um, kind of fill that void. Um, and, uh, that's been something that I've had to really keep an eye on. Um, really, really work very hard at, look at every day, um, check in on myself, um, morning and night to see like, okay, what are, what are my motives behind, um, really everything to be honest with you. So, I have to say that this has been one of the hardest times in my life and most heartbreaking times in my life, but it's also just been a space of complete, uh, like transformation, like from really seriously, like my thoughts outward. Um, this has helped me look at my thoughts. I mean, I've practiced meditation for quite some time now, um, but it's a different level that I'm experiencing these transformations now. Like I can feel change viscerally and this may sound a little crazy, but you know, I can like sit back and watch myself with my thoughts and, Mm -hmm. um, just watch like myself with, with the thought. It's like three, it's like three little voices that I can like look at and see Mm -hmm. and determine what's what's really truly my truth when I strip away other people's um other people's thoughts um because that's something I think that has come up too like thinking what other people think um or these voices that you're having you're identifying them as not yours Mm -hmm. but oh this might have been a voice of I don't know my mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what's given me this repetitive thought and this might be a voice of you know I don't know, my ex-husband and right. that, for example. Right. Um, and so that, is that what you're saying? And then you're finding, you're peeling away those layers and finding your voice. Yes, your truth. Okay. exactly. Because I think that, uh, so I, this is a little, I'll use your word from your last podcast, gritty. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a little gritty, it's but gritty. it's gritty. But I, th- I, I believe that what happened in the past in relationships for me, I've had, you know, three serious relationships, um, two of which I was married and then one, um, you know, I was with him for like five years, uh, in college. But, um, is that number one, I always looked for somebody to come save me, mm. but I never told them that I needed saving. Mm. And so I had this like underlying expectation that they were going to save me. Oh yeah. I know about that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they had no fucking idea. Yeah. (laughs) And so resentment would build. Well, I think. (laughs) A little. (laughs) Well, you know what though? I think that there was an unconscious knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know your oh, specific, sure. but I, from my experience too, I had that as well. And, and the person I was married to, I think he had this unspoken, like, yeah, I'm going to provide for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but we both just had different, we never had that conversation really, but we had different versions of what that looks like in terms of quote unquote saving. Sure. Yeah. And there was, there were, yeah, there were just different levels of it and there were different expectations and resentments because we actually weren't having the communication that we needed to. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, we can't ask anybody to save ourselves. We no. have to save ourselves. No. Yeah. And I, and I really didn't know what I was wanting yeah. to be saved from other than I just had this like from intense yourself. void. Exactly. Yeah. This void. Well, right. The fear of looking at myself yeah. during that time. Um, and then past that was um, just afraid, you know, afraid of choose so much um but most likely it was like afraid of or mostly it was probably afraid of just being being without you know being alone um but uh then I also recognized that I idealized my partner Mm -hmm. you know um because you had this image of them being saving you exactly even though there was like that undercurrent of resentment for Mm -hmm. not but and, and still a savior. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really like truly accept or love them for who they actually were, mm-hmm. I think. And that is hard to admit. Yeah. <laughs> that's really hard to admit. I can't believe that's going to like be blasted across uh, <laughs> the world here. But you know what? If I can't, I have to be able to admit this to myself. Yeah. I want to be able to admit this to myself and to others because it's healing, you know, it's, it's healing. I don't have to be in that space anymore. If I admit it, if I accept it and if I move, you know, through it and other people may be doing the same thing, you know, and yeah, sorry to interrupt, but do you feel, do you feel because you said you had this sort of savior complex, especially with your ex-husband now, um, do you feel like that played a role in your denial of his, choices that he made um because you had built him up to be a certain way right definitely I mean he was I mentioned in the last podcast that my stepfather was my go-to person and um Victor was definitely my go-to person I mean I'd call him at any time to talk to him about anything I mean um, he was sewn in on sewn into my cloak yeah you know my my cloak that that protected me. And so over the last six months, I've slowly, slowly, uh, taken that, those stitches out. Um, and I do think that that was part of my denial because I was like, holy crap, if, you know, unconsciously first, which, oh, by the way, um, I just can't say enough about the, um, body keeps the score and how just our tissues hold in so much. Um, but uh, I have chronic TMJ, and I think I may have said it in the last um, episode, but the night that I found everything out, mm-hmm. it completely lifted. I know. I mean, I've had breakthrough pain, yeah. but it has not been anything like it was before. So, yeah, yeah I was in total denial. Yeah. You know, my body was trying to, like, tell me. Yeah. And... I was doing work on this. I was doing breath work and acupuncture and yoga and meetings and therapy yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so much more. Um, but uh, yeah, I was definitely in denial. And then when it came to the surface, man, the like codependent mm-hmm. um, being afraid to be alone, being afraid to do it on my own. But you know what I've learned? And, I, and I've learned this uh, more recently, I guess maybe in the last month or so. Um, or at least I've come to accept it in the last month that I've, I've been doing it on my own. 
you know, for the last however many, I mean, I've always been doing it on my own, but I've really been doing it on my own. I mean, he did provide a space, Mm -hmm. you know, for me to live and heal, but he wasn't emotionally or mentally there with me. Definitely not spiritually. Um, And so it was hard to accept that. But as soon as I accepted that, I was able to like, you know, out from that darkness, the light came on and was like, hey, you've been doing this all, you know, and not alone because again, like I'm supported by the universe and I have so many people that, I mean, you (laughs) calling you in the middle of the night or in the middle of the morning, like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, yeah, that have just been there for me. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's interesting because I've shared with you offline how your journey has been very, very parallel to mine Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And, um, but I think that, and I was just thinking when you were talking about this and I remember hearing this in another interview, um, with Mike when he was talking about how he started to practice yoga and then all of a sudden things fell apart. And I feel the same for you and for me too. Like we were getting these different tools, you know, there was something that told you to wake up and become sober. And then Mm -hmm. you found these tools called yoga and you found your way, you know, to, I don't know when you started meditation, but you started it prior to that. Yeah, it was prior to um, yeah. getting sober. Yeah. So I feel mm-hmm. like you were getting all of these tools to to do that, just build yourself up mm-hmm. because you had this illusion that there was this person mm-hmm. saving you, quote unquote, but it was you this whole time. Mm-hmm. And you were, you know, get, gathering these tools just to get stronger and stronger. And then it was almost like, he was creating a shell for you mm-hmm. while you were inside, like building your own strength. And it was almost like he broke free. Mm-hmm. So you could, you know, it was like his, he was like your exoskeleton, mm-hmm. you know, the locusts. Yeah, yeah. And then you just were able to fly. And I, I'm not sure if you would have been able, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would have been here necessarily if you hadn't done all that. Yeah, right? because you guys would have been sort of on the same similar path. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really quite interesting this work how it transforms you without you even really mm-hmm. knowing it until mm-hmm. stuff like this like things fall apart. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, the similar similar pattern for me too. I know we have that, some dates too that are similar. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have so many similar. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, but what I realized too was I was doing this work the whole time. I was the same as you of looking for somebody unconsciously to save me. You know, my Mm -hmm. ex, we were together for 15 years. So we started together when I was 21 until I was about 35, 36. I can't remember now. Um, Yeah, and, you know, then this whole journey of yoga started to kind of bring that to fruition of things falling apart so yeah I think that we have a lot in that and I think that a lot of people mm-hmm. who are in a similar position as where you are right now could probably trace back to things like this of mm-hmm. you know oh I started to do yoga or oh I started to meditate or oh I started to take take better care even if it's I just stopped drinking so much or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. started doing more self-care I, I have a feeling a lot of people listening can relate Maybe not to the this level of yours, right? Mm-hmm. We all have different mm-hmm. stories, but I think they could probably relate to 
where you are right now? Yeah. Um, I uh, think listening to uh, you speak, I was thinking about how, you know, I've always believed that uh, people can do better, that they can change. Um, My, you know, my dad wasn't in my life um, for a long time period of time when I was growing up and I was lucky because I had my stepfather. So I never like went without, um, I didn't completely appreciate that I had my stepfather there, you know, um, I do now of course, and it's unfortunate that he's gone that I, you know, couldn't share that with him, but I know that he knows, you know, I feel his presence, um, from time to time. But, uh, point of me saying this is that like I just never gave up hope on people I've always believed in other people I've believed in them changing or being a better per you know person like that their decisions or some of their actions that they take like don't really define them you know I've like looked at people's souls but the one person that I did not look at that I did not give any compassion to and did not forgive and did not truly like love and hold and care for was myself. Mm. And, um, I, uh, have been able to do that during this process. I mean, right now it's scary because I'm in my um, own home now, which is great. I'm really happy, but I'm also like a little petrified. Um, well, you'll have a roommate soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phoebe's moving in guys. Um, so send all your correspondence here. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know, I've been able to really practice that for myself. Um, I went away for our two year anniversary. Um, I stayed on 120 acres, uh, with no electricity, no running water (laughs) with the dogs. And the trip there was just like, it was crazy. It was like the, 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 I can't even, I'm not mechanical, um, inclined at all, but basically what keeps the truck together, um, the, the front of the truck and the back of the truck like <laughs> broke as I was driving. Um, and then it was raining and I had no <laughs> phone service and I had these two dogs with me and triple it. It was just, it was a lot. Um, but I was so supported. It got fixed like in a matter of hours and right across the street in the middle of nowhere was this like restaurant that had vegan options. <laughs> Um, so that was, you know, crazy. Universe provided. Yeah. But I ended up, so when I was at that place, um, at this little cabin, it was great. It was wonderful. Um, but I started, it was a little long. It was like seven days by myself. And as like (laughs) somebody, somebody that isolates and, um, can really internalize things. It's not always like the best, (laughs) but I, and, and I started to have a little bit of, um, like PTSD triggers. And, uh, so I just, I did what I teach. Is that like... Oh, you practiced what I practiced what I teach. What was that? I held myself. I literally held myself and I just watched my breathing and Mm -hmm. laid down and like chanted a little mantra and, you know, I was okay. And from that moment, that was in June, I've had that practice of looking in the mirror and holding myself, feeling my body, um which is something I never did there. My friend Beth and I, um, uh, she's going through something, um, a separation in, in her life. Um, and we've just had so many parallels, uh, which it's been really great to have the support of someone that's going through 
something very similar. Um, and you know, having that hand, like, uh, if you ever need it, both of us like, uh, reciprocal, but, um, um, we've talked about how there's shame associated with our body too, um, Mm. from growing up in a Catholic school and, Mm. um, you know, shame of like our sexuality. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I practice now is just holding myself really breath has been a big, uh, practice for me. Um, different types of pranayama um, and then like looking in the mirror and looking at myself naked because <laughs> you know there's parts of me I haven't had any kids but I'm 37 and you know having <laughs> gained so much weight like 65 plus pounds almost 70 pounds you know yeah. and then losing it and I didn't do it overnight it happened yeah. over the course of three years very healthy and sustainably but, you know, there's some places that I'm not so <laughs> excited about <laughs> when I look at. Um, and so I've, like, self-massaged mm. and really started to just, like, love myself and give myself positive affirmations. Yeah. Um, and so I've noticed a change in my mind, and I've noticed a change actually in my physical body, too. Mm. Yeah. The, you know, self-massage does promote um, circulation and yeah. kind of tightens things up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know what Jessica's doing now? <laughs> yeah. Friday night. Yeah. That's looking in the mirror, giving herself a massage. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'll make sure I knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. When the music's up loud. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But, you know, to, no, to shift I, away from that shame. Yeah. And mm. I, I, can com- I can relate in a different way because I didn't have the Catholic upbringing, but... I I just recently realized, like, I had some shame around my sexuality, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was trying to trace it back. And I think I I have, I can't remember if I shared it on a podcast. I shared it in a post. But, you know, in college, I was, you know, basically raped. I didn't Mm -hmm. label Mm -hmm. it as that because when I was in college, we didn't, call it that you know it was just you got drunk and you did the walk of shame home Mm. and and I I really didn't ever I didn't ever think of it as as rape until just a few years ago in therapy Mm -hmm. I mentioned it and she was like you were raped and so I think what I just came to realize very recently I might have shared this phone call with you of just um realizing how that has been this undercurrent with with men mm-hmm. of just always like being somewhat the almost like the aggressor so that I didn't feel like they were being aggressive mm-hmm. towards me. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> even though I enjoy <laughs> being physical, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it would be a lot easier for me to just start it so that I wouldn't have that moment of saying no sure. or having that choice to mm-hmm. say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, you know, so I, I completely understand. I've definitely been looking that that shame thing for myself yeah. too and that respect <clears throat> with my body and with um, how I let other people, you know, come into my space. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've done a lot of like the mirror work too in various ways. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm glad, grateful that you just brought that up because I don't think that that's something that we ever, I mean, we're starting to talk about it more and I would like to continue to talk about it too mm-hmm. because just the fact that we're not talking about it, there's shame there too, mm-hmm. right? Because we're beautiful and right. human beings inside right. and out. 
Right. And why not rejoice in that instead of like shaming ourselves or shaming another mm-hmm. person, right. judging them. Right. Right. And looking for that outward acceptance or mm-hmm. attention or desire, mm-hmm. you know, um, I want to desire, I mean, <laughs> sounds so, um, strange, but it's not like, I want to like, if I'm not liking myself, if I'm not comfortable, um, with my body, then how do I expect anyone else to, you know, because that's what I'm putting out there. Like, Oh, don't look at me here or turn the lights off or, um, only take a picture of this side of me, you know, you know, whatever. And, um, and that's also a little vain, right. And egotistical, um, and but that's somebody else's voice saying that. Totally. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, similar experience to what you just shared. Um, for me, I had that um, same thing kind of happen um, where I was, I felt like I put myself in the situation. And so um, it wasn't rape, um, but it was because I had said no already earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> to a kiss. <laughs> and then I woke up to, you know, yeah. things happening. Yeah. And then I was embarrassed. And then there was conversation around it by other people. And yeah. so then it became this other more dramatized event. And then I felt bad and this guy pursued me. So I had a relationship with him and then I felt even worse. And then I ended up telling, I was separated from my ex husband and I ended up telling him because I was scared, Mm -hmm. but I didn't wake up to it being rape until, I don't know, like four years later. Mm -hmm. And then I really didn't start processing it until, you know, more recently, I'd say in the last like year or so. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, so the desire or the, the, the to to want to be in control, I can relate to that too. Yeah. And I and I think that that's what is getting stirred up for me right now. A lot of um, wanting to be in control um, because you know this whole situation has not been anything that I, one, wanted or ever even thought, you know, it it came out of left field to me, for sure, how it actually, the marriage ending, how it it all came about. Yeah. Um, But it's been a good practice in surrender. Um, And, you know, I think just being grateful, like gratitude work, I think I talked about one, but kindness maybe in my last podcast that's still a big tool that I um, use and people dismiss how effective gratitude yeah we have a dog here we have a dog just you know feeling feeling the feelings with you I know they're so cute sorry anyhow um, I think we dismiss how important gratitude work is for us but it's oh yeah it's with anything that you do, it, it doesn't just manifest like overnight, you know? Um, yeah, we're changing yeah. our grooves, you know, exactly. we're wired for negativity. <clears throat> and so we're in that groove. And when we start a new groove like gratitude, we've got to make that groove a deeper groove than the groove that was already, you know, years and years, lifetime, 
lifetimes, mm-hmm. right? Because we might have inherited mm-hmm. that way of thinking from our, you know, parents and our grandparents. So, yeah, this practice of gratitude or anything, whenever we're changing <clears throat> our habit, it takes so much practice. It does, and and the draw on the negative, the draw on the old patterns can be that much stronger if it is like ancestral. I know I shared this with you, but I kept wondering like, why do I have this desire to be with this man that is with someone else and that (laughs) is like doing a lot of other, you know, shitty things? Why do I have this desire to be with him? I mean, I was going to like, you know, Al-Anon to try and like, help me, save me, somebody help me figure this out. But I finally, you know, after I would record myself when I, or in lots of journaling during these intense like moments and lots of calling other people, but I finally like had this, I guess, flashback. It was a flashback of my mom, like begging my dad as my dad, you know, had his clothes in a trash bag trying to get, leave the house and she's Mm. begging him to stay, Mm. you know? And like in any sane person's mind, that's such an unhealthy relationship. Like just everything that was around it. And I talked about their relationship in the first podcast, um, ironic that we're talking about it now but maybe not so um but I recognize just that's why it's Mm. the layer is even more challenging to you know for for me to let go of it of him because that's what I that's what I saw that's what yeah that's what you inherited exactly um and so you know the compassion for myself to say okay it's okay you just baby steps you know that's all you need to do is just take baby steps do the right thing um and for me this summer like taking baby steps and moving out of that was hustling I did a lot of work like I worked a lot of yoga classes anytime there was any opportunity you know I, I took it and I did a lot of running and cycling and hiking. Yes, and <laughs> you did a lot. You did a lot. And, um, you know, did some dating and, um, you know, went to a lot of, like, whatever I could do, basically, I, I was doing. And, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, there came a time, of course, that, like, I needed to sit down and, you know, be, um, just be still. And I think that that's really happening right now um, for me. Uh, um, you know, my physical body is saying, okay, enough, enough, like, let's chill out for a little bit, create this home. Yeah. Um, which I'm in Phoebe's movement 109, uh, which is really phenomenal. So I've started dancing, uh, in early part of the the summer. Yeah. Move your body. And now I'm still doing it and it's great. Um, it's really, really wonderful. And it's like definitely helped me clear blockages um throughout my energetic body for sure yeah yeah it's been an interesting experience that experience for myself too because you know now it's been a year you know when we start when we did our first podcast I hadn't quite presented it to you Mm -hmm. all I did in Belize Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we had just gotten back but we, we, we recorded that podcast prior to Belize. Right. So it's been a really interesting journey um, doing it myself and going, I don't know, is this something? And then I shared it with you all. And you're like, I think it's something. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it really is taking on its own life, you know, where yeah. 
you know, you all are participating in the online course and just coming to the live events and we're going to do it in Bali together. And I just met with Erica for a cell and we're going to do a whole thing. You know, we've been collaborating with her breath work. Um, so, but I, it's been really, to bring it back to what you were saying, it's been really interesting because I knew it was something, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And seeing you as evidence of the transformation, you know, mm-hmm. I know there was a lot of other mm-hmm. layers of work that you're doing too, and this life stuff is doing through you. But um, it's been really quite special to witness you uh, because you were in the first group that we did mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. a few other people like Amy. Mm-hmm. You know, Amy had an experience that she said she was happy with me sharing. But, you know, she was saying how, remember Montana, mm-hmm. you know, she has been doing Movement 109 with us for almost a year now in various ways. Mm-hmm. And then when we were in Montana, we had a dance party mm-hmm. and she broke down. Mm-hmm. She had a breakdown and she said she could never be in like social Mm-hmm. experiences with dance involved she would get overwhelmed mm-hmm. I was thought that's really curious you know to see her move so freely mm-hmm. in movement 109 mm-hmm. which is quote-unquote dance like mm-hmm. movement yeah um and to feel so free I mean I had no idea that that was the level yeah. she was dealing with yeah so to see her transform mm-hmm. and to see you transform inside and outside um and then a couple of other people, you know, who've been experiencing it's really, it's really special to, to witness, to be mm-hmm. able to hold that space mm-hmm. for you all and facilitate something mm-hmm. like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and actually see it, not just in that hour that we do it together, right. but right. how it's transforming right. you energetically. Yeah. M- movement, dance, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's innate. Like, yeah. I mean, we have rituals and ceremonies. Mm-hmm. There's Aboriginal people do that still, and we've come away from that. Um, so many cultures. I know. It's, movement is just instilled in so many cultures, right. and for some reason, it is so taboo in our American, United States of America yeah. culture. Yeah. But I've, and it's, so the learning piece, like understanding what we're doing and how it's affecting these different places in our body and just um also not not knowing exactly too like there's the knowing but then the not knowing yeah you know um and it's transformed even my running um because and I think I share this with you but um so I was a runner that you know if you stopped and you walked or you know slowed your pace at all whatever got off your 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 goal for that that run then it was uh unsuccessful to me like oh you're gonna walk that's not running right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um well uh yes I've softened that judgment um but I've also just allowed myself to stop and I'm like doing you know little twirls and plies (laughs) I don't know if that's even right but I'm stopping and I'm like jumping up and down and you know um it feels good and it's awesome yeah and when my body it's just it feels really good and I know that I'm never gonna win an award for like any of my do we have movement but oh I don't know if we have the the movies the movies what would we call it I don't know I don't know some kind of dance off yeah we're not gonna do a dance off don't worry you're good um yeah make you a trophy I I think it, I think that that was interesting too, um, you know, uh, with, 
with how people interpret, um, gosh, just our experience in Montana alone was uh, beautiful. It was that whole experience or movement. Yeah. The whole experience, but the movement in Montana was great. Our dance party, but Movement 109 was great. Yeah, that was a Um, special, special experience. Yeah, so most people probably don't know. We went to Montana um, on a veteran... um, Veterans Yoga Project retreat. They do it every year there at uh, Featherpipe uh, yeah. Ranch, and we were invited as tribe, and also were VYP um, teachers too. Yes, um, but it was just an absolutely transformative week. Um. That was this whole summer has been super transformative, but for that to be the last yes. leg for me, like I think both of us. I mean, I'm thinking about my year, too, to just tie it all together. But, yeah, we both have gone through very crazy, interesting journeys this past year, especially the past six months Mm -hmm. for the both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But to have Montana be sort of like the end of Mm -hmm. those adventures for me Mm -hmm. and then come back to the Hudson Valley Mm -hmm. for this teacher training Mm -hmm. session, yeah, Mm -hmm. that was... That was quite a special experience on so many levels. Yeah. Being with so many veterans and Vietnam veterans for myself, Mm -hmm. having my father be a Vietnam Mm -hmm. vet and having that moment with Daniel, a couple of moments with Daniel, the older gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, for you, I'm sure in so many levels too. And it, yeah. And just meeting the people that we met and making those connections was quite special I'll say, yeah I'll leave it at that so much I want to say out of that I think like the first thing yeah. to say it and uh move from it is that um of course yoga you know taught me got me into my body um but movement you know 109 has done that as well um and um I've become and of course like just all the practices right like I you know I practice veganism and as a holistic health coach and having clients and you know having to almost be like eyes and ears for them too I've just become more intuitive with my body and being around um veterans in in Montana I definitely experienced you know that jaw pain that I was telling Mm -hmm. you about um and it wasn't I welcome it because I know that it was also healing. It was necessary for me to have that like tension in my jaw and everywhere else that it kind of like dissipates um, or uh, radiates to rather. But um, it's it's kind of cool when you can sit back and observe and see what's affecting your body. You know, yeah. whether it's food, whether it's a person, whether it's your own self, a physical like yeah. movement that you're doing. Um, so over the past year, I have to really pay homage to the fact that I've, you know, allowed my body to speak to me mm. um, or I've listened. Yeah, you're listening now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been speaking to you just right. Like, had the volume down right. it, and it just turned it up. Exactly. We went more jaw pain. Turned so it, you listen, uh, listen. Turned that shit up, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so like that experience, right? Montana? Yeah, Montana Mm -hmm. and being around um, other Vietnam uh, vets. And I know that you've had other experiences too, working um, like with tribe and um, other encounters. Has anything like changed as far as 
maybe compassion or any type of I know you've done a lot of work in healing with, with the relationship father? with your dad yeah um yeah I mean it's definitely shifted a lot over the years and I think when he died I was I was at peace I was at peace in a lot of ways but it did stir up a lot of things with the divorce right on the heels of that um there was some anger of like him but more of the choices that I made because of him mm. you know mm-hmm. and me taking responsibility for that uh but I don't know yeah with with being in Montana and having you know that moment that we sat you know I did not we did not talk about this we did not plan it but you know we had we presented tribe mm-hmm. and you know we usually do like a little intro of like who we are um and I've said you know in teacher training at West Point and our tribe weekend, you know, my dad was a Vietnam vet, but I didn't really share like the depths of Mm -hmm. that. And I don't know, but being in that room, I just, I shared the most I've ever shared publicly Mm -hmm. about my experience living with my father. And, you know, I, I don't know what channeled me to do that, but I looked across the room and I saw all of a sudden I looked down at everybody and there were tears in everybody's eyes. I was like, oh, shit, I could be <laughs> triggering them. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I have to think about what's happening mm-hmm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I scanned the room and I saw Daniel, our mm-hmm. old older gentleman, a Vietnam vet, and he ha- he was crying. He was having a moment and he looked up at me. I don't know if I told you this, but he looked up at me and we had exchanged eyes and I swear it was my dad being like, this is necessary. Mm. He just told me through his eyes, this is necessary. Mm. We both smiled and then I continued Mm. because a moment I was like, fuck, like, is this necessary? Why am I doing this? What's the point of this? Um, And it was necessary for some reason. And then you went into your beautiful journey, you know, Mm-hmm. And then Amy opened up a mm-hmm. lot too mm-hmm. with her journey. And um, I don't know, there that that was the moment that I felt like, okay, something's happening here mm-hmm. within me, um, through me. And um, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but it definitely felt like a free, there was freedom from mm-hmm. my story. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there was a period of time after my dad died that the story was owning me mm-hmm. of, you yeah. know, holding me cat- captive of that childhood because I had never really looked at it fully. And now I was bringing it to the surface and I was starting to look at it myself and share it with other people. And I think that being able to share it in that safe space publicly that to that extent um, was very freeing for me. And I think it freed my father too. Mm. I think being in that circle, then afterwards at the end, yeah. <laughs> we all did the loving kindness meditation. <laughs> I think I spoke to that on one of the other episodes. But yeah, that was something really special too. Mm-hmm. Sitting in that room with so many different <clears throat> people, listening to how they are accepting love and kindness from themselves and from all of us. And... That was, yeah, there was something very, I don't, that, that was a moment too that I felt free for myself and for all of us in that space. And, you know, we had somebody that we were very close to have an experience. And that was, that was very, very freeing for me. Mm-hmm. 
um, witnessing him have mm-hmm. his experience mm-hmm. was cathartic. I don't know why, but I felt that that was also a level of healing that I needed to experience too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's changed. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, we've seen, uh, I know this was brought up there in Montana, but uh, just clearly here it hasn't. Um, I've seen a lot of really strong men yes. cry and be vulnerable. And um, I went on a Team Red, White, and Blue retreat and yeah. in the capacity of a Team Red, White, and Blue Eagle, but also uh, was able to... Uh, teach the here and now from tribe that, um, you know, you brought into the um, curriculum and from Elizabeth. yeah, from Elizabeth Andy's bell. And, uh, we had an experience the, well, I mean that entire weekend retreat was just similar to Montana. Yeah. A lot of veterans, um, a lot of vulnerability, mostly men that were uh, there. And, yeah. um, it was so uh, something that we created, we created this picture, and the question that we drew from was why? Like, what is your why? What is your story? Why are you here? And oh my gosh, I mean, I can sh- I'll show it to you later. Okay. But um, it was it went back to my parents and kind of the darkness there, mm-hmm. and um, I think I shared that you know. I'm, I'm past that because they did the best that they could do, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm happy for that. Um, I have to say that my relationship is completely changed um, from last year with my mom. Um, but the boundary that's in place right now is a healthy boundary. And you can love people um, just as much as you love them if you were with them every day, yeah. um, even if you don't communicate with them on a daily basis and that's kind of where I'm at right now and so I love her from afar but um the why so you know it it was basically mine was basically showing that it's okay to ask for help Mm -hmm. it's okay to um to have these things that you know may not be so pretty a part of your story but the the real like healing and the real growth is to share really yeah. is to share and to get that out like yeah. in some form uh, whether it's you know physically whether it's verbal but i think a lot of it too is to be heard i think yeah. that having someone oh, gosh, else yeah. hear, hear your story mm-hmm. is so powerful and um, so the last day at this retreat we got in two circles um, one circle, everybody had uh, their arms around each other. And then the outside circle, the people would walk around. And the leader of the retreat, she um, basically said, if you experienced kindness during this retreat, tap someone on the shoulder that like demonstrated kindness. If you mm-hmm. experienced courage, if you... Ex- so anyhow, like I have chills right now, but um, I do too. we... We went, you know, everybody had the experience of the inner circle and the outer circle. Yeah. Um, and the inner circle, I experienced that the second go around and someone next to me had an experience like we uh, had someone, you know, in, in Montana. 
And it was just so powerful to like hold this person Mm -hmm. with another person. I could feel the other person's hand, you know, holding them too and him allowing us to hold him. And just by the end of it, everyone was just being tapped on the shoulder at everything that was being spoken out loud. And it was beautiful. And we have this like Facebook group. We stay in touch. We're always giving each other like uplifting messages or, um, it's in, so these are communities that we're building, right. By people. And again, by men, I'm seeing strong men that have children doing it on their own. Yeah. Showing up for themselves, like showing up for their kids, their kids in a healthy holistic way um it's the most beautiful thing (laughs) it is because it's been transformative too as I'm like exiting this place of really dysfunction with my soon-to-be ex-husband you know um uh that there are people that are are willing to look in the mirror and to do the work um not everyone has their head down and is you know um, yeah. Okay with living in like their own discourse. Exactly. Chaos. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that the, I think that you know our mantra in Nomad Teacher Land and Movement One Hundred Five Land is um, from my teacher Jean Marie: "What you perceive, you receive." And I feel that you know what has gone, what has transpired for you, especially the past the past few years, but especially the past six months, and for me too, the past like however many years, um, <laughs> it's been a long time. I feel like we are changing our perception, and mm-hmm. we're now receiving the evidence. Right? We're now re- we're starting to perceive that oh, life isn't chaotic. Right? Oh. I have choices here to be surrounded by this person or to be in this situation that is nurturing and loving. And now I will receive the evidence that I deserve it, right? So I think that we are both in the midst of receiving and and to be around because I think that we both, to a certain extent, had um, a lack of the male um, divine masculinity mm-hmm. as well as d- divine femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're now oh, stepping into our own divine <clears throat> feminine. Mm-hmm. And now we are also being surrounded by those emotionally available, evolved divine men. Yeah. Yeah. In various ways. Cause I have my, this past will, I know we have to sort of wrap it up in a moment, Yeah, but my, but my, relationship with journey men journey has changed a lot this past year too as you know like I had a Mm -hmm. romantic relationship and two years ago now but for some reason in my mind this past year I've been you know year and a half or so I've been kind of working through the why of like why am I here why did I go through that pattern again Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. really breaking it down and sort of having this idea of like, that's just the way men are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't know the past, I think it's really six months since I let go of my apartment for some reason that shifted my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen more and more evidence of men who are available, you know, not just romantically, but just who are strong and 
are, uh, who want to be there and mm-hmm. do the work for themselves and, and be there for women like us, you know? Yeah. So it's been, um, it's been a quite beautiful evolution. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I have to, uh, say that my dad has, um, showed up for me like on a daily basis through all of this. And that's been yeah. really great. Um, and, you know, healing in some areas. I think that we did a lot of our work prior to, um, you know, my uh, marriage <laughs> falling apart. But um, but this has really been another place of, you know, him just loving me mm-hmm. and me not have, like, you know, I didn't have any expectations of him showing up for me. And I saw his love and I saw how he gives his love and how he receives now. And, mm-hmm. um I'm glad you brought up the divine masculine and feminine. I'm, I'm, my friend again, Beth, and I talk about that a lot. Um, and, you know, that need to be in control. You know, I've witnessed, oh gosh, the layers of passive aggressiveness that I have with <laughs> people, particularly like in relationships. And ugh, it's, you know, it's <laughs> not fun to look at. Um, and it comes yeah. in different forms you know um but uh it's been great to look at because I don't want to be like that I don't want to make anyone feel um shitty uh and um again that's like something that you know an ancestral thing that I've had to look at as well Um, yeah you're just changing the groove now changing the groove you're starting to see the evidence changing the groove and I have to say uh exactly where I'm at today um is you know breaking free of that fear so surrendering because life has been giving me so much I mean I do believe that you know my life had to kind of blow up uh so that I could make way I had to be able to let go of you know the old and what's not serving and um and now so many things are coming you know my way I mean we have so many great things coming for tribe and just um for me you know personally too great things are happening and uh so it's a surrender to um receiving like you said um which isn't easy if you (laughs) that's a practice and it's it is a practice it is a practice I mean that that is what my practice has been since I let go of my apartment was to surrender to receive and trust that I will have friends and family and um you know various other relationships that will help you know in that way of so I could receive because I didn't like to receive before it felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or I would put it on this one specific you know relationship that had to give me everything and everything else I couldn't receive from it was very strange and Mm -hmm. weird and twisted but um yeah so I'm learning how to receive in lots of different ways and lots of different relationships um but I'm glad you were saying there's lots on the horizon because I'd like to end with this with Maybe what do we envision for ourselves oh. individually and through Nomad in the next <clears throat> year? Where are we going to be in a year from now? Okay. So when we play it back yeah. in October 2020, like, yep. that happened. 
that's that happened and we'll be like, wait, what? Yeah. How did we predict this? Or how did we think that that was so going to happen? I just uh, quickly, uh, yeah. intention setting has been huge for me in these last okay. six months too. Like, okay. especially around the moon and the changes in the yeah. moon phases and everything. It's been huge um, for me. I've like literally wrote, you know, written it down and go back and look at it. And um, there's a really cool app. I think I've told you about it called Patterns. The Pattern. Yes. Yeah. I love You're like it. the fourth oh person. Gosh. So. Good, you have to download it. I yeah. still have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I had my Vedic um, um, uh, astrology chart read to me, which is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you envision for yourself in the next year? I envision for myself for the next year that um, that I'll, there'll be, I, I'm going to teach. I'm going to have a program, um, a couple different programs um, through Growing Hearts um, that uh, are individual and also group um, using nature um, and uh, some of the tools of yoga, you know, to help people um, go through their go through their stuff, whether they're needing help with, you know, personal triggers that they're having, you know, limiting thoughts or, um, you know, I'm not a clinical psychologist or, you know, a medical doctor, and that's not what I'm referring to, but just giving them tools, showing them these tools that I have. I think that that's really a part of my dharma. My purpose is to just share Mm -hmm. what I've used. Mm -hmm. Um, So developing these tools, there's some things that I need to do to um, bring it all together, a couple trainings. But um, yeah, I'd love to have group and individual uh, more clients, um, and some workshops, like I said, some programs. So that is, um, part of my individual where I'll be, uh, next year. And as far as like, where will I be? I feel that tribe is going to take, uh, take me, us, you and I somewhere. Um, whether it's, um, you know, working, like in the medical Mecca, San Antonio. So if anyone's listening to this and has a good connect down there. Listeners in San Antonio. Uh, or anywhere. Yeah. Um, maybe the Air Force Academy, maybe some basic training um, units. Uh, but I do feel that some good things are on the horizon for tribe. Um, people believe in us. They support this mission. So, uh, Yeah. I think that that's, uh, I don't know where I'm going to physically be. (laughs) I don't know either. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am too. I am, I'm very curious to listen to this in a year and see where I'll be listening to time capsule. Yeah. What about you? (laughs) I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, I mean, I think that where I'm moving from is more out of the yoga, like just the physical practice Mm -hmm. of yoga and more into offering movement 109 in various Mm -hmm. ways. You know, we have the online course happening now and I'm going to continue to run that and shift things every, every time. So it's a little different. Eric and I even talked today about doing a move into breath one. Um, so I want to do more virtual work, but not as a way to keep people online, but to bring them offline. So because Hudson Valley, you know, Nomad has built, a really solid community in the Hudson Valley. You are rocking it out along with, you know, all of our other nomad teachers mm-hmm. that are here mm-hmm. representing Aaron and Emily and Allie and 
Um, Jen. Jen and oh my god there's so yeah there's mm-hmm. so many of you yeah um and you're all doing such beautiful work so I feel like you guys got this whether you stay here or not they got mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. um and I want to do that somewhere else you know a new home so I want to build a new home for Nomad um and that might be one new you know place or it might be a couple of different little satellite mm-hmm. homes mm-hmm. through I think again I, I we could do more n- teacher trainings, but I think for new yoga, um, because you all are getting your training so we could have, you know, collective mm-hmm. reading trainings, mm-hmm. um, not just me at this point. And, but I want to do more and more with movement 109, because I think that's, that was given to me in some way for some reason. And I need to continue to see that out. And I, and also with tribe, so I see myself being way more mobile, mm-hmm. um, like I've been the past six months through Movement 109, through Tribe, through Nomad. Um, and I want to have a home. I want to have like an actual space. Yeah, yeah. Claim my space. Yeah. And, you know, possibly build that with somebody. And um, I don't know if that's going to happen within a year, but yeah. that's my intention for yeah. Yeah. life moving forward is to have yeah. the home and the partner and um and continue to grow and build with my community that we have together yeah. tribe and nomad mm. so yeah i yeah. think that's as as specific as i can be at this time right in space right yeah yeah, I don't ever see myself uh, not coming back to the Hudson Valley area, yeah. especially even just this yeah, being a there's roots. like home base and you know yeah. coming out of here. Yeah, um, and you know just moving more towards love because I really feel that that's what heals. Like that, mm-hmm. just being completely like as pure as possible, um, and seeing people, you know, for who. As, as just these, as a mentor of mine always says, and she got it from someone else, um, Marcy, she says, we're the, just these spiritual beings having this human experience. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, apply that principle, of course, to my, or apply that idea to myself as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what, where a year will bring us. I know. It will be very exciting. Yeah. I think so, too. I think that there are all good things on the horizon for both of us and for all of us, even the ones listening to us right now, um, because you're part of this journey, too. And, uh, yeah, even the doggies and the kitties, wherever they are. Um, But, yeah, thanks, Jess. Thanks, Phoebe. Thanks, Nomad. Thanks, the space in between. Oh, and I mean, and this podcast will just keep going and going, too. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I love the fact that we can hold space for people's stories. Like you said, it's important to be heard. Mm-hmm. And this is a space for people to be heard mm-hmm. and seen. So, yeah. I know. I love this. So hopefully more space can clear up for me so that we can do a try podcast. But, you know. That's <laughs> oh, geez. So many, so many things. Let's. We need more teachers. Come on, guys. Let's go. We've got lots of. Um, Lots tribe of training tribe October training. 27th, 26th and 27th. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, I think I'll release this in next week. So okay. it'll be time. All right. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Vivi. And I will we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. So 
I hope you enjoyed being with us for this episode and our first year of Nomads, the space in between. And uh, yeah, if you are interested in part of and being part of our tribe training, you can go visit us at the Nomad website or tribeyogamilitary.org to find out more about that.